0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. Okay, first up today, I'm going to talk about how I know the liberals don't like you to have guns. And now, granted, some guns nobody needs to have, like criminals do not need to have illegal guns. And there was a mayor in New York, Rochester, New York, who vowed she was going to take more illegal guns off the streets. She was going to help lead this charge to, uh, I don't know, to take these illegal guns away from people, which would helpfully reduce crime. So she's complaining about the number of these illegal guns on the streets, and they supported the state's draconian gun laws, even announced a gun buyback. That's so why she's glad the police department is partnering with the attorney general's office. She's going to get these guns off the streets. Turns out, though, she should have been more concerned about the illegal guns in her own house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up. <laughs> yeah, you can't make this up, people. So apparently, she had two guns in her house that were illegally obtained or illegally owned in her own home. Let
2: me guess. He's a Democrat
1: now. Yeah, I believe so. New York, Rochester, probably a Democrat. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Democrat politician. Yep. Oh boy. So she shared. Okay, she they raided the home that this mayor's though mayor warren shares with her husband timothy granison and allegedly discovered him to be in possession of 31 grams of cocaine as well as a firearm which is a no-no since granison is convicted of armed robbery 24 years ago so apparently he was not supposed to have a gun and i don't think he was supposed to have any cocaine either unless he was a dentist i don't know maybe he turned his life around became a dentist and had cocaine But there was seven people arrested as part of the drug investigation. And as they searched her house, they found two illegal guns in her house as well. And here she was railing against people with illegal guns. And she should have maybe started in her own house and done a search there first. That's nuts. Yeah, and they had $100,000 in cash, three firearms, including a semi-automatic rifle. Notice how when it's a Democrat, it's a semi-automatic rifle and not an assault weapon. 'Cause you know, if it had been a Republican, he would have been in possession of an assault weapon semi automatic rifle. Yeah, like but a hundred grand in cash also. And this is the mayor of Rochester, New York. I mean, come on now, cocaine, cash, guns, semi automatic rifles. And she's trying to tell you you can't have a gun.
2: <laughs> but she can't. And hers can be illegal.
1: Yeah, and apparently well, they you know, I don't know I don't know what how she's gonna be treated. yeah she's i mean she she got her husband got arrested she apparently was not because she claimed they weren't hers but yet they were in the same house together so i don't know how they oh i didn't know about that that those aren't mine
2: so so democrat (laughs) even threw her husband under the bus
1: yes apparently you know she will throw anybody under the bus to avoid you know keep her political clout
2: man he's a gangster right there get him
1: but um (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's I mean, you can't make. I mean, here she is railing against the illegal guns, while the police find two illegal guns, a hundred grand in cash, and cocaine in her house. In her house. That's right. But in her she's house. She's an elitist Democrat, and will probably and will walk while her husband. But on the other she's hand, she's going to rant and rail and rave about illegal guns. Yet she keep. Maybe she just wants to increase her collection of guns <laughs> by taking illegal guns from other people, so
2: she can keep them. <laughs> You know what? Roger, you might be onto to something there. Is yeah. this the new Democrat <laughs> buyback program? Because we'll just take your illegal guns and we'll put
1: them in our freezer. That's right. We'll take care of those for you. Yes, okay. Oh, I mean, the gun, uh, it's, ugh.
2: It's par for the course, Roger. There. You remember, was it Dinkins? Uh, you know, Mark the Shark would know this. But there was, was some York? Democrat guy who was elected. They found... I think all kinds of drugs in his freezer so he was thrown out I think he did time and then he was reelected. What about, by the same What agents. about the mayor of Washington was a mayor of D.C.? Now with underage prostitutes uh, right. and cocaine. and You know how we joke sometimes? <laughs> the only way this guy could lose is if you find him in bed with a young boy. Yeah. I, you, you can't say that anymore because, as you just pointed a out. A live little boy or a dead little girl? <laughs> a dead little girl. <laughs> and, apparently, that doesn't matter. It apparently, it doesn't matter anymore. If you've got a D by your name, That's remember right. that D is all powerful. That's right. D is deny everything. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, right. yeah, a Republican would right. be you know, put under the jail for that. Yeah. And, but the thing is the Democrats stand together. Oh it was a mistake. He made a he yep. made a mistake yep. in judgment. Oh, by hiring underage prostitutes it was a mistake yep. in yep. judgment.
2: Oops. <laughs> Gosh, I did he slipped. just not check the ID, or did he just not care? You know, he slipped, fell, oops, gosh. You know, he couldn't see while he was falling, and, I, you know, it's ridiculous. But, but that's, that's right. gun laws here, and,
1: you know, we, we have pretty pretty good freedom when it comes to having guns. It's not bad cons- <laughs> compared to the rest of the world. Right. Because, you know, if they have the Olympics this year, they're going to be in Japan.
2: The Summer Olympics yeah
1: yeah if if they do it this year they're still deciding COVID-19 I think, I state think. of emergency I think they're doing it yeah it's uh, everyone's planning uh, on it but Japan mm. was very restrictive with their restrictions their COVID restrictions yeah well so now they probably listen to Fauci yeah maybe doctor <laughs> I've only believe, been lying
2: for a year I believe right?
1: in Dr. Seuss more than I do Dr. <laughs> Fauci
2: <laughs> you should we talked about it on my show Roger the guys he's he's outed now I mean he's absolutely been lying to people for a, over a year
1: of of course, so. but, you know, he, he liked the attention. Oh, yeah.
2: Maybe he has you, illegal you, vaccines in his you, house. You give a bureaucrat, and yes, he is a bureaucrat. He's a government hack bureaucrat. You give him that kind of power, and you'll see what they do with it.
1: Now, I don't know if you saw this or not. There was a video or something of him before Trump was elected saying Trump, or right after he was elected, saying Trump will face an epidemic of some sort during his term. It's like, yeah. what? How did you, you know, know this? How do you know that? Yeah. Apparently, they planned this. That's well, what it sounds like. you see, like. Roger, I'm Dr. Fauci, and I know everything. That's right. You listen to me or
2: i will oh, stick yeah, things yeah. in you i will make you get double vaccinated <laughs> double vaccinated and then you sit down shut up and put on your mask That's three right. three put on three masks three four whatever we're up to now i don't know <laughs> 220 221 <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes whatever it takes <laughs> <laughs> how many masks do
1: you need oh, i don't know man. but apparently japan has very strict gun laws and you wouldn't think okay was that after the olympics summer olympics have shooting sports in them Well, they should. Yes. But apparently, they're not allowing anybody to bring their ammunition with them. Oh, you're kidding. So they will supply it there. But, you know, these guys spend years training with certain guns, certain certain ammunition. So they're going to hope to have everybody's favorites there. But here's the funny thing is the the owner or the, the shooter can handle the weapon. But if one of the coaches wants to touch something on the gun... It has to be being held by the competitor. The coach can't hold it by himself <laughs> because the coach. Uh, unbelievable! This is ridiculous. It's, so apparently, if he has, wow. needs to make a minor repair, or check something on the gun, the, uh, the shooter has to be holding it or have his hand on it while the coach
2: looks at <laughs> it. <laughs> That's like telling a motocross racer, "Here, let me hold the bike so my mechanic can work on it. Yeah. Well, let me touch this yeah, so, you yeah, let me a, touch yeah. so you can figure out. So you can see. This is the stupidity."
1: Oh it is most governments across the, the world, and they're trying to relax some of the rules so the technical officials can handle the firearms oh. and inspect oh. the ammunition. Because legally, right now, they cannot even inspect the weapon; they can't touch the weapon or the Who, ammunition.
2: Who's going to touch it when it goes from one country to the next? Because they got to get to Japan. Yeah, and they got to get the weapon to Japan.
1: Well, they're having all this confusion, and a lot of the shooting sports guys are like, you know what? This may not be worth, worth it. it. Having to get arrested in Japan for doing some weird little technical piece of wow, bull squeeze. So we're going to have to see. But yeah. there's an International Shooting Sports Federation rules, which have to inspect ammo and this and that. But they're saying they're not allowed to touch it. You know, so Robbie, someone
2: else has to open and show it to them, and they go, oh, okay, good. Clearly, this points out a flaw. And should this happen again, let this be the lesson. When we rebuilt Japan, we should have really put more, uh, <laughs> let's say uh, – requirements on well <laughs> they were extremely restricted
1: in firearms ownership because they started a war
2: well right but they were well bad dog. they were <laughs> yeah bad dog was, they were restricted to have militaries and everything to, to right re- for okay. us rebuilding them But as a society, we should have stressed, okay, let's have some liberty and freedom. Well, we wanted to make sure they were going to behave first. Well, we could have put a limit. We could have said, you know, let's go 10, 15 years. If you can do that without us having to hit you with a rolled-up newspaper, then 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 we're going to start getting some more freedoms. Yes, but this
1: is just, oh, man, it's so ridiculous. (laughs) So they're involved in negotiations with the police and the government so that the teams coming here will be able to actually perform and compete and be able to do what they need to do. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know why should they even give a Summer Olympics to a country that doesn't allow people it, to shoot anything? Exactly,
2: you know that's true too. All a shooting lot of events should happen all the
1: shooting events should happen or somewhere <laughs> where they're allowed to, yeah. like even in parts of Europe, they're allowed to own guns and stuff. Yeah. They can handle them. But in New York, it's funny because if you go shoot a pistol in New York, you can't even touch somebody else's pistol <laughs> unless you have a permit to own a pistol.
2: <laughs> it might be a sex crime in New York. We'll yeah. have to ask Mark. Sex card. <laughs> You'll touch my pistol. <laughs> oh my God! Now it's got cooties on it. Now it's got an STD.
1: <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But they're they're limiting the amount of ammunition the the competitors can have, so they're going to be limited on practice and stuff like that. So it's just it's a mess. I they're mean, taking the fun out of the Olympics. Yeah. Well, you know they. COVID right. took the fun out of everything else. Now they're just going to well, let it go. Governments did it in the yeah. name
2: of of our.
1: And I wonder. And this is because you know you got to realize in, in Olympic sports they got you know small bore rifle shooting. They have skeet shooting competition, trap shooting.
2: There's a bunch yeah. of different shooting sports in the Summer Olympics. Riding on the horse, shooting arrows. Oh, that's, that's Japan thing.
1: Is that oh that, that's, <laughs> a <samurai competition. laughs> that's a samurai yes. competition. Samurai <laughs> competition. Yes. <laughs> chopping heads off while I you're rolling by. Can't,
2: can't do that anymore. Uh,
1: I don't know. That'd be neat, you know. Your yeah, sword, your awesome. sword never runs out of bullets. I, I've seen it done before. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like, cool. well, in the Winter Olympics, they got the skiing and shooting thing. Yeah, yeah. The, that, uh, I, that, that is, is one event it. that
2: I do love to watch. I, I, I don't want a whole it that the biathlon. Yeah. Yeah. They ski cross they country ski and then they stop country, shoot five shots. Got to stop, set up, shoot the targets, and then, and then go, start and then skiing again. Yeah. And that gun's got to, you know. And that's not, you know, people who maybe haven't seen it. It's not a small gun. I mean, no, that's a no, gun that's that they've got to throw on their Most back. Most of them are 22 caliber, got, but they're very. Well, caliber heavy. wise, but I'm talking about the size of the oh, gun, yeah, the heavy. weight of the gun it's a They comes out pound weapon. On their back, and then they've got to and ski they go with cross-country it. go cross country skiing with it. Yeah. I, it, it combines easy, two good sports, though. I like that. Oh, no, it does. We need to have motocross biathlon. Oh, I, 100%. Pistol, rifle, pistol, rifle, and motocross, and stationary. So when I get to the point, I I, I, I run out the pistol, run out the rifle, and then you get the stationary weapon.
1: And you oh, like an, like an M M two or something. Yes. <laughs> Fifty caliber.
2: On. Then you got to ride through the trails to get to the next. Oh, this is beautiful. To get to the destroy tank, yeah. You've come to come up with a whole great new idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, instead of minimizing the shooting sports, we need to make we need them to expand more. Them. Need to have more and more of them, I you know. Mean, well, you know they have three gun competitions now where it's a uh, pistol, rifle, and shotgun. Mm. That would be a great Olympic sport. Absolutely. But of course we're probably the only country that does that.
2: Man, we could make this where you're cruising along on the motocross bike with the shotgun, you've got to go handless on the motocross bike <laughs> while you're shooting skeet or or clay pigeons. with <laughs> your elbow on the handlebars. <laughs> I love it. I, I would I would I would try out I for that. I would this. pay to watch that for sure. I would try out for that. Yeah, that'd be uh, fun. I would percent. <laughs> I could put a staring damper on a motocross bike.
1: Sure you could. Absolutely. <laughs> but this is crazy. I mean, it's just so... Apparently, it's going to be extremely odd, and the guys are going to have so many restrictions on what they can do in Japan for yeah. the shooting sports, it's going to be... It's going to so, be ridiculously constricted. So
2: many restrictions that you've got athletes going, is it even worth it? Right. A lot and, of the athletes are considering be, not doing it. Yeah, and it used to be such an honor to to make, the, not just qualify, but to actually appear for your country at the Olympics, and now you've got Olympians going, eh, eh maybe it's not worth it.
1: Yeah. I don't know That's if you sad. talked about this or not, but the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 to zero in favor of not allowing warrantless home gun confiscations. All right. So, I did I mean, not hear that. Even all the liberal judges still mm-hmm.
2: voted that. Oh
1: no, you can't do a warrantless search, no matter what guns it's you think. Because of, of there. that
2: awesome thing called the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, and, and they, the Fourth Amendment. Fifth is Amendment, it the Fourth or Fifth? Fourth, 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 fourth. fourth. fourth The Amendment. Fifth. I can't. Is, I can't you, talk about you the Fifth. Can't talk about the Fifth. Okay. You oh. Incriminate yourself.
1: Legend Dave's giving me the signal. <laughs> signal. We got to go for a break. We'll be right back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're yep. listening to America's Web Radio.
2: Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Right before we left for the break, we were talking about the Supreme Court decision that ruled warrantless home gun confiscation is unconstitutional. And this was not even close. Nine to zero. All the... Supreme Court justices, well, all of them so far, all nine of them, until Biden bumps that up to 12, 13, 14, 16, whatever he decides to want. Actually, it have to be an odd number until he bumps it up. But all nine approved. They said, no, you can't do this. This is unconstitutional, which is great because, you know, because it had to do with guns. I was thinking it was going to be divided along conservative and liberal lines. But apparently all the judges realize this is illegal. It violates the Fourth Amendment. And there's no reason to allow this to happen. So I was really shocked. This is a story I'd actually talked about a few weeks ago where a man and a woman had gotten in an altercation in their home. The police came to take the man away, and then they said something to the wife about searching the house. And she didn't agree with it, but they just started searching anyway, and they had no warrant And they're not supposed to be allowed to do that unless it was what they call exigent circumstances, which means if they see somebody attacking somebody, they see a dead body in a house, they will break in or see somebody passed out. They'll try and break in and, and help them without a warrant. But this, they the warrant, they did not have a warrant. They didn't have permission to search. And they searched anyway, found some guns that were all legally owned. But because there was an altercation in the house, they decided to confiscate them in the meantime. Now, I don't know if he got them back or not, but it's it's odd. And this was uh, Clarence Thomas wrote the unanimous opinion for the Supreme Court. So that was good that they got this decided, though, because if they had allowed warrantless searches of houses, you don't know where that would have ended. They would have done it for everything. Well, for drugs, we're going to make an exception. Well, for guns, we're going to make an exception. Oh, for illegal dogs, we're going to make an exception. You know, they would have just would have made exception after exception, and the Fourth Amendment would have been completely destroyed. So it's good to see that the supreme court judges judges even the ones who are liberal and don't believe in second amendment rights or half of them probably don't believe in fourth amendment rights they believe this was an illegal search and that it shouldn't be allowed so from here on out they will not allow illegal searches well if they perform them they will be deemed unconstitutional and anything they find i guess will probably not count but uh that was that was some of the best news of the week that they actually decided they can't just go randomly search houses for guns. Because, you know, if it were anything else, they'd probably be no questions asked. But with the guns, I really thought they were going to have an issue coming to an agreement on that, whether they would uh, win or lose. That was going to be trickier. But 9 to 1, 9 to 0. I love it. Now let's go down to Israel and the Gaza Strip. Because this is always fun to see how that plays out. Apparently... (laughs) when they find terrorists or rioters that are doing something they're not supposed to do they have the israeli defense force snipers using 22 caliber rifles to shoot the people who are rioting and causing an issue now generally non-lethal but cuz they try and aim for the lower body to neutralize them but not kill them you know here could you imagine the shock if we started shooting rioters with 22 rifles <laughs> They would be beside themselves. Oh my god, they're, they're peaceful protesters. Well, you start throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers or shooting at Israeli soldiers, they don't put up with that. You start burning things, throwing Molotov cocktails at them, no. They're gonna start shooting you with real bullets. Now granted, they're 22s, but still, 22s have probably killed more people than any other single cartridge. Because they were burning tires, hurling grenades, pipe bombs, and rocks at the IDF troops, so they were given permission to return fire. So for those of you who think Israel is the aggressor, they didn't return fire until they had bombs or grenades and Molotov cocktails and rocks thrown at them with an attempt to harm them. So, once they start shooting, though, they said the, the rioters disperse rather quickly. You know, I think the same thing would happen here if we were in, uh, Minneapolis or Seattle. Let's see how long they stick around once they start shooting real bullets at them. Or even rubber bullets, you know. There's that one beautiful video of a guy taking one right in the, in, in the, uh, cojones there, and it, it folds him like a lawn chair. <laughs> but that's fun to watch but here then they don't play they had ten thousand rioters in five different locations and they just say you know what here you go you're going to start attacking the israeli soldiers we are going to shoot you we're not going to try and kill you but we will shoot you and i think that probably it dissuaded most of them apparently because they broke up after that and uh stopped for a while so that's always good but uh, that's the way we should deal with things here. I like the fact that they're using real bullets to deal with real problems. Now, of course, you know, the IDF snipers are probably some of the best guys in the world, I would imagine. But if you want to get your shooting on, 2021 could be your year because. It's going to be harder to get guns cuz the the demand has gone absolutely insane. They went up 8 million from the year before last, and this year it's looking to be the largest number of registered gun sales since they started keeping records again. It's I love when they break records like that. That's the kind of records we need to break every year. Americans need to be armed, most of them. Well, if they're real Americans, then they should be armed. If they're liberal not know if they're a boy or a girl, then maybe they shouldn't be armed because they don't know which bathroom to use. But it's been insane this year. Uh, And it's crazy because you wonder, why would gun sales go up? Well, why wouldn't they? You've got protesting. You've got rioting. You've got uh, violent crime is skyrocketing in every major city across the country. People are realizing they have to be their own first responder. They have to protect themselves. Because a lot of times the police are just not going to come because why should they? They get out there, they get into an altercation with some criminal, somebody doing something illegal, they end up having to pull their weapon, they end up getting criticized for it. There's no reason for that to happen, but that's how it's going. And their superiors, the politicians in charge of them, are not backing them up when they run into these situations. There was a guy in Atlanta, a guy stole his taser, turned around, fired it at him, and the guy fired back, ended up killing them but you know what you don't shoot a gun and or taser at a cop and not be expected to get shot it's just stupid but you know stupid is as stupid does but anyway so there's they had 8 million new users last year 8.4 million new users last year and it looks like we're almost going to double the sales from last year to this year so that's good i like seeing that now the thing is if these people will vote to protect their gun rights, that could really help swing the, the midterm elections. Because <clears throat> in this show, all we care about is keeping our gun rights intact. Keep the Second Amendment uninfringed as much as possible. And when they talk about compromise, get something. to get You give something to get something. And so far, every time they want compromise, all they want to do is get something. They want universal background checks. They want restrictions on this, restrictions on that, without giving anything up. Okay, you want the universal background checks? Give us universal carry permits. Let them be good in every single state in the country like a driver's license. If you undergo the, the, the extreme background check, get something for it. Because compromise means giving something to get something. And lately, all they want to do is take everything from people. But during the first four months of this year, so far, 16 million background checks have been conducted. That's an increase of over 30% from last year. So they're up almost a third from last year. That means we could essentially come really close to doubling the gun sales from last year to this year, which I think is fantastic. Now, as long as these people remember that they want to keep their guns and they vote... To keep the people in charge who will let them keep their guns, that should really help. And most gun people tend to be conservative, so they would probably tend to vote for conservative politicians. Which means by 20, was it 2022, they should start flipping power back to a more conservative way of doing things. Who knows? So we'll see. But all those people out there, if you want to buy a gun, by all means, get one. I mean, It looks like they're trying to put restrictions on so many different types of guns, so many different um, policies. Ammunition is getting scarce. That's not going to change, according to a couple of manufacturers. That may not change for over a year and a half to two years. We may have this shortage of ammunition. Although I have to admit, I'm seeing prices come down now. They were stabilizing, and now they're starting to drop. But just like gas prices, up like a rocket, down like a parachute – they're falling down very slowly. Although I am seeing stuff start to become more available. Certain, certain calibers are becoming easier to get. Like I saw, um, 76239 Russian AK ammunition steel case going for $349 a case. $349 for a case of a thousand rounds. Just a few months ago, it was going for $699 a case. So it's fallen considerably. Now it's still not at the same $180, $200 it was a couple years ago but it has come down substantially and it's almost a reasonable price now. Hopefully other cartridges will follow and ammo will become once again reasonable and easy to get and in plenty of demand. We'll see. I think I talked a couple of weeks ago about Remington Arms is going to start mad. They're starting up their ammunition plant again and they're going to start, you know, filling their pipelines with ammunition. Which the more manufacturers we get in this country or imports or places we import from, we increase those, it's just going to help ease the demand by increasing the supply simple economics people you need it you got to get it wait your turn and if people will stop panic buying that would help also if you have a case and you're not going to shoot it for the next year don't buy a second case let somebody else get it and as the sales slow down just a little bit prices will drop and every time you hit that level, the demand is going to jump a little bit to meet the price drop and then dip back down again. So it's going to be a matter of months or possibly years before this comes back down to where it was, if it ever does. We don't know that you'll ever be able to get uh, prices back to where they were. But with the ammunition, you got to realize that would be one more way for liberals to try and get backdoor gun control. Hmm. I don't think any anybody wants to get the backdoor gun control. But the way they would do that is they would start increasing the price of ammunition because in their eyes, ammunition is not considered arms, not considered a restricted or a non-restrictable item, you know shall not be infringed applies to guns as far as they're concerned. It does not apply when it comes to ammunition. Now, could you imagine if they did this with voting? Imagine you tax ammunition at a dollar a round, so you're paying an extra 50 to to $100 for a big box of ammo. Imagine if they did that with voting. Oh, you want to vote in two elections? That's going to be $50 each. You pay $100 voting tax. Oh, but it's our right to vote. No, it really isn't. Look in the Constitution. Nowhere does it say you have the right to vote. You have the right not to be discriminated against in the event of an election, but you do not have the right to vote. However, the right to keep and bear arms is guaranteed in the Constitution, clear as day. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But this would be a backdoor way around it because it doesn't mention ammunition specifically. They may try and get out there and try, oh yeah, we're just going to tax the ammo for whatever reason they want to do it. And if it became so restrictive that you wouldn't be able to get ammo for your guns, then it would essentially be gun control. It's like California with their roster list. They have a list of guns that they cannot sell because of biker stamping. All right, we're going to be right back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
0: Quick stakes. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support, so please go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org. And find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And we're back. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about ammunition restriction as a backdoor way to get gun control. And it's just one more way that the gun grabbers are coming after gun owners. If you make the ammunition too restrictive or too high a price, you're not going to be able to afford it, and a gun without bullets is just a club. Possibly an expensive, good looking, well constructed club, but still just a club. It'll be useless as a, as a weapon without the ammunition to feed it. So be aware of this because this is going on in various places. Who is this? Uh, what's her name? Wasserman Schultz. She um, is a Democrat and she proposed requiring background checks for ammunition sales in 2018. So that's where it starts. They say, well, we have to perform a background check so we can sell you ammo. Then they say, well, there's a small fee for doing the background check so you can buy ammo. Then, well, there's a small fee, and then you have to have a license to buy ammo. That's going to cost you some money also. It's just they start adding these taxes and fees onto everything that has to do with guns, and all of a sudden you have to have thousands of dollars a year just to be able to feed the guns that you do have. Even if if they weren't expensive, the ammo is going to become so expensive you're not going to be able to keep them. Which is ridiculous. It's just another backdoor way to get it. All right. I'm going to take a minute today to try and uh, answer a few questions I was getting from various people. Um, I get questions all the time. Oh, what caliber gun should I carry? What kind of gun should I get? I mean... And it's hard to answer these because people ask and they expect you to just have a standard answer. Like someone says, what kind of car should I get? And a lot of people will just blurt something out that's their favorite car, not realizing what your needs are, what your capabilities are. And uh, it doesn't work that way. Just like cars, guns are not universal. You know, certain ones work better in certain situations. But when I get what caliber should I carry? I go, well, you know, that will depend on the type of weapon. Because you want to carry something that's reasonably powerful to stop the threat as quickly as you can and still be one that you can easily control. Because without control and accuracy, your shots are useless. Because I mean, with most popular modern cartridges, you'll see advantages and disadvantages to them. And I'll start off believing that probably a 38 caliber, or actually a 35 caliber, but a 38. Size is probably the minimum for self-defense. And there are people who will tell me, oh, I carry a twenty two and I just have enough bullets to do the job. Yeah, that's not considered a good self-defense cartridge. If it's all you have, it's better than using a knife most of the time. But uh, minimum, I'm going to say thirty eight caliber or .380 in a, in a pistol or thirty eight special in a revolver. And now, in the revolver, there's very limited number of cartridges that I'd consider effective yet not overpowering to carry probably you know you have a 38 special 357 Magnum is probably some of the best choices even a 357 Magnum loaded to maximum is going to be a little a little powerful over penetrative have a lot of flash to it and will be a lot harder to control for the average person especially in a situation where the adrenaline is pumping and you're trying to fight through the haze that restricts your your movements and limits your vision when you get under stress. When you get into a situation where your body is under stress, it's going to not perform as well. Now, there's also they have um, large caliber bullets. Now, you know they have 44 magnums, 454 Casules, all this kind of stuff. But I think if you're talking about self defense against two legged threats, then you're looking at maybe if you want to get something bigger than the 38 special or the 357. You could get a .45 long colt or a .44 special. These have heavier bullets and larger calibers and are maybe more effective than the smaller calibers. But of course, the choice of guns in these larger caliber revolvers is very limited. There's almost every company that makes a revolver makes something in a .38 special or a .357 magnum, so they're easy to get those guns. Now, there are three companies who manufacture something in a 40 or four, .44 special. Now, 44 .44 special was the cartridge that was the the basis for building the forty four magnum. It's a lower pressure cartridge, and it fires a bullet that's forty four caliber. So it's a lot larger. It's, it's a lot larger than the thirty the thirty eight calibers or three fifty sevens. You're talking over two hundred grains versus probably a max of a hundred and fifty grains, hundred fifty eight grains for the thirty eight special. So this is some. But Smith and Wesson, Ruger, and Charter Arms all have choices in the larger caliber revolvers now you may wonder okay a revolver why do i want a revolver what are the advantages one of the advantages is that they're simple to use it's very basic everything can be seen there's visibility is a com- is complete you see bullets in the chamber you see the barrel you can see when the gun is dangerous so if you decide you want a larger one, like I say, uh, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, and Charter Arms all have weapons in a .44 Special, which will give you a bigger bullet. I think the Charter Arms is a 5-shot and the others are 6-shots. So, But you have these advantages. The revolver is very simple. It's easy to load. You open up the cylinder, you put the bullets in, you close it. That's it. There's no other manipulations that need to be done except pulling the trigger. Now, as far as the disadvantages go... You're limited in the type of cartridges. You probably have maybe three to five good, readily available cartridges in a revolver, which doesn't vary too much from a semi-auto handgun. But these are probably the easiest ones to fire. Now, the Ruger and the Smith & Wesson are built a little tougher. They take higher pressure loads than the Charter Arms does. It was built specifically for the forty four Special. I believe the Smith & Wesson and the Ruger were built for more forty four Magnum pressures, and they just limited the cylinder or the chamber to hold the 44 special because in in reality any 44 magnum will fire 44 specials also. So that's that's the base cartridge. It's like 38 special and 357. You can shoot a 38 special in a 357 magnum chamber just like you can shoot a 44 special in a 44 magnum chamber. But of course the 44 special and the 45 long colt are much more expensive cartridges. They're a little harder to find than the standard semi-automatic pistol cartridges. But it does have the advantage of being simple to use now there are some revolvers chambered in 45 acp and nine millimeter semi-autos but this is i mean this is if you have to have a revolver because you have trouble racking a slide or have trouble manipulating the controls or are unsure how a semi-auto works how to make it function you only want a revolver these are other options the nine millimeter and the forty five but generally i 'm going to say those should be reserved for semi auto handguns stick with a thirty eight special or a forty five long Colt or something like that if you want to have the larger bullet but most and most of these that fire the rimless cartridges tend to be kind of oddities they're not uh, they 're not as desirable to have because the system that has to be there to remove the bullets a lot of them have little half moon clips which have to the cartridges have to be loaded into the clips and then dropped into the chamber so it's just a lot a lot more steps involved so but now what about the disadvantages of a revolver nobody seems to talk about that much because it's it is a simple to use thing but the din- disadvantage is mainly in the trigger the trigger tends to be long and pretty heavy unless you cock the hammer back for each and every shot which for self-defense is not really a feasible thing to do you can't yeah yeah you can't yank that back in a single action revolver you have to pull the hammer back every time in a double action revolver you have the option but you can just pull the trigger, which is usually long, very heavy, and probably a minimum of 8 to 10 pounds of trigger, which is very hard to keep on target while you're trying to pull that much weight in a trigger. And reloading a revolver quickly takes a lot of practice. Now, granted, what's his name? Uh <laughs> Michelet can do it in like 2.4 seconds, shoot six, reload six, and shoot those two in like under three seconds. Yeah, he's the fastest gun in the world. But for you to get to that level would require an extraordinary amount of practice. And like we were talking about earlier with the price of ammo, not likely to be something you're going to be able to do. So I'm going to say that reloading a revolver quickly takes lots of practice and for most people will never be as fast as reloading a semi-automatic because the semi-automatic has the removable magazine once loaded, it's very simple to reload a, a semi-automatic. Now, a majority of the self-defense handguns are probably semi-automatics, and there are several cartridges that are the most popular. We're going to stick to these. There are others in there, too, but we're going to try and stick to the first ones. There's a 38 ACP. Now, ACP stands for Automatic Colt Pistol. Same thing in a 45 ACP, 45 Automatic Colt Pistol. These were designed a long time ago and they were originally designed for an automatic colt pistol so and then there's the nine millimeter parabellum or nine millimeter luger as it's sometimes known also called a nine millimeter nato cartridge now the nato loading tends to be a little hotter but it still should fit every modern nine millimeter should be able to shoot the nine millimeter nato nine millimeter parabellum or the nine millimeter luger they're all the same cartridge they different names because they've been around for over a 100 years so and there are other ones that you can consider they got the 380 makarovs the 10 millimeters the 9 millimeter winchester magnum 45 win Mags, stuff like that but we're going to stick to the four most popular ones the 380 acp the 9 millimeter the 40 caliber smith and wesson and the 45 acp those are the ones that are probably most popular in almost every handgun in a semi-auto now in the 380, it's probably a minimum I would consider adequate for self-defense. It is adequate, but again, the most important thing is shot placement. That's what's going to make the biggest difference when you're shooting. If you can't hit what you're aiming at, it doesn't matter if you have a 44 Magnum or a 45 Wind Mag. It doesn't matter. You're not going to hit it. A hit with a 22 is better than a miss with a 44. That's what I've always heard. Now, the 9mm is probably the most popular and the most practical for magazine capacity and uh, ease of use, controllable recoil, things like that. The 9mm is probably one of the easiest ones, especially for a first weapon. Now, some people say, oh, it doesn't have enough stopping power. The new bullets that they have available for some of these smaller cartridges are amazing. They're much more effective at stopping somebody on a first shot. Now, you also have the Smith & Wesson, the 40 caliber Smith & Wesson, which offers a little more power and only slightly less magazine capacity than a 9mm. So they're comparable. Most, uh, 40s will hold probably about, uh, 12 to 15% less ammunition than a 9mm. While the 45 ACP will hold about 25% less than a standard 9mm. So you give up some capacity when you go with a higher caliber bullet. But the higher caliber bullet some people believe give you a higher first shot stop ratio, which is what you want. You want the threat to be neutralized as soon as possible. You don't want to have to fumble around for a reload if you can possibly help it. And you want to keep yourself alive during a situation where somebody is threatening your life. But of course, like I say, shot placement is the most important thing. And capacity comes after accuracy. Accuracy is the number one thing you want to do. If you only have one attacker, you should only need one bullet. But of course, you know, you may only need one square of toilet paper, but you want to have extra just in case stuff gets messy. Same thing with ammunition and guns. You don't buy it one round at a time for a reason. You buy it in boxes and cases because you've got to have it in case stuff gets messy. (laughs) Which the way things are going with rioters and looters, the burn loot murder crowd taking over streets and, and causing problems, everybody's a little concerned about this. Now the 45 ACP is considered a lot more powerful, but the capacity in most cases is probably reduced by 20 to 30 percent. So you get less capacity in the 45, and usually they're larger weapons. So if you don't have a pretty big hand, a reasonable size hand, you're going to find it difficult to grip a 45 frame. Now with the advent of these subcompact pistols, like the uh, the Sig 365s and the um, Hellcats, and the new Ruger one that's coming out now. A lot of these cartridges. I'm wondering if they're going to try and design slightly larger versions of these that'll handle the 45 ACP. Because your point, your choices now are limited. I think to a Springfield XDS. I think the Glock makes the subcompact 45, but it's still a big gun. It's a handful of gun anyway. So I'm going to say the 45 ACP is considered one of the best for a first shot stop, but it's also one of the most difficult to master because it is more powerful. It has, you know, it has a, a a larger bullet coming out so you get more felt recoil same thing with the 40 caliber it's between a nine millimeter and a forty-five, but it tends to have a much higher recoil cycle because it's loaded a lot hotter than is nine millimeter and most forty-fives. Most forty-fives are subsonic when they fire, so they don't have a super amount of power. But it's like throwing bricks at somebody. You know, all you have to do is hit them with one, and that should be enough to have a first shot stop. All right, we're going to come right back after the break, and I'm going to talk more about choices in weapons and what I think is. The best for anybody or help you make a decision. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
2: This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
0: In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they weren't unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors, for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, Please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org, and make a tax deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And we're back. Right before we left for the break, I was talking about questions I get about handgun choices, uh, caliber, uh, style of handgun, whether revolver, semi automatic, should I get a 40 Cal Smith and Weston, should I get a 38 Special. And we're into the semi auto the semi-auto handguns and. I was telling you the nine mm is probably the most common, the most popular, one of the easiest to control because it has the least recoil of all of them, other than a 380. But a 380 generally comes in a much smaller gun, which makes it again harder to control, harder to control the recoil. In a fuller sized gun, a three eighty is, is the one of the least is the least powerful of the four we're talking about. Now the 45, of course, the 45 ACP has the most powerful cartridge, but it also comes at a price of less capacity, too. So you have to decide, and if you're really good at shot placement and you don't miss then a 45 would be perfect because you don't need all the extra bullets because they're about 25% less in a 45 than it is in a 9mm, generally speaking. And even the 40 caliber, it's comparable. It's about 12 to 15% less capacity, but it is a much hotter cartridge, much higher pressure cartridge than the 9mm or the 45 ACP. Now, keep in mind, the 9mm and the 45 have been around for over 100 years. The 40 Smith & Wesson is a relatively new development. So it was loaded to higher pressures, able to achieve higher velocities, but that extra velocity and that extra energy comes at a price of higher recoil. And of course, being a 10 millimeter instead of a nine millimeter, you're going to get a slightly less capacity, but not enough to where most people would be concerned. But the recoil is definitely different on the forty caliber Smith than it is on the nine millimeter. Sometimes even the forty-five is not as bad because it's a big slow shooting bullet. And it seems like it can seem like the recoils. It's strong, but it's not as snappy. It doesn't ha- react quite as quickly. At least that's that's what my take is it, on it is. So, now no what? It, when no matter which cartridge you decide on, you're going to have to learn to operate a semi-automatic handgun. Now you may say, "Oh, that's easy. You throw the mag in and you shoot away." There's a lot more to it than that. A revolver, you just pop the cylinder open, put the bullets in, close it up, you're good to go. With a semi-automatic handgun, you have to load the magazine put it in the gun, and then you have to rack the slide. Now, that's the biggest issue I hear about semi-autos is that if you're unfamiliar with using them, racking the slide can take more effort than you think you can do when you're under pressure. You want to have something that's easy, and apparently racking the slide, especially if you have smaller hands or you don't have as much upper body strength, you're not going to have as much effort to rack that slide back every time if you want to carry it without one in it. Or even just to practice, you want to be able to put the magazine in, rack the slide, and go to work. Keep that keep the gun running while it's a revolver you just load it, close the cylinder you 're ready to go. No manipulation other than that necessary now, Smith and Wesson has come out and they 've addressed this issue with a new line of what they call easy semi automatic handguns i think they 're chambered in three eighty and nine millimeter, and a lot of the difficulty here is the spring tension, and they use a multiple spring setup to give you effectively a less hard, uh, the, the, the slide pull is a lot less weight or it feels a lot less powerful. So it's easier for someone with smaller hands or someone without as much strength to rack the easy slide on the 380 or the 9mm. But it still requires more effort than the revolver, and a lot of it is technique also. A lot of people will sit there and yank on that slide trying to pull it back without using the other hand. If you're racking a slide, always push with one hand and pull with the other. Use both your arms to do it fast and effectively. And you make sure it's pointed in a safe direction. You know, Because when you're racking a slide on a handgun, it becomes hot as soon as that slide comes home. Another thing you can, you can have with the semi-auto is that you have the, the possibility of having a manual safety on it. So once it's loaded, you can apply a manual safety, and it won't fire until that safety is removed. That's something you don't find in revolvers. The only safety on a revolver is don't put your booger hook on the bang switch until you're ready to shoot. Finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot something. So with the, okay, with the semi-auto, you have a possible manual safety. You have also what's called a slide release. This is when the slide comes back on the last shot, it usually locks into the rear position or if you pull it open to load it, it's gonna be locked back and you're gonna have to hit the slide release or load the magazine and then pull the slide back a little bit to release the slide release to allow the slide to come forward and chamber the next round. So it just it requires a lot more manipulation than a revolver does. And then there's also the magazine release. In order to change the magazines, you have to know where the button is that releases the magazine so you can pull the old magazine out or empty magazine out or let it fall and put a new one in. But you have to hit the button there, and then you eventually have to use the either slide lock or rack it back to let the slide lock come down with a new magazine in it to make it function. So the learning curve on a semi-automatic on a semi-automatic takes a little longer than the simple revolver. And the revolver, like I say, the only disadvantage would be that long trigger pull and reloads on a revolver are much harder to do than they are on a semi-auto. But of course, with all the additional Controls and manipulation on the semi-auto, it does take longer to learn how to be efficient efficient with these. That's why a lot of people recommend a revolver to first-time shooters or to someone they feel is not going to be an enthusiast. If you're not going to be an enthusiast, if you're not going to get into the gun, if you're not going to go shoot pretty often, they'll recommend a revolver because it's simpler. There seems to be There's less manipulation. All you do is plop the cylinder out, load the bullets, close it up. There's no safety. There's no slide release. The magazine release might as well be just the button that allows the the cylinder to come open. That's about all you have to do with that. Also, with a revolver, it's easy to do a visual check of if it's loaded or not you push the button pop the cylinder out you're good to go if you've got a handgun loaded you can pull the magazine out see if there's anything in there but then you don't know if there's one in the chamber or not you may still be loaded even with the magazine out of a semi-auto and they do what's called a press check which until you get into the part where you're running a gun pretty frequently or you have some experience with it you're just going to have to pull the magazine out rack it hopefully the bullet if it's in there will fly out get out of your way then you double check it a couple times to make sure it's clear then you know it's safe with the revolver you open the chamber dump it upside down dump the shells out that's it it's safe you can see every of all of the six chambers in a revolver when you pull the the cylinder out With a semi-auto, it's hidden underneath the slide, so you have to pull the slide back, make sure it's clear, make sure the bullet clears the chamber, make sure you don't have a magazine in it to pick up another bullet when you close the slide, and it takes a lot more manipulation to make all this stuff work. So Now also, there are different types of semi-automatics. They have some that are double action only, which would be a trigger similar to a revolver, but in a semi-automatic form. This means every pull of the trigger is going to be a little longer, a little heavier, and it's going to be consistent, however. It'll be the same trigger pull every time on a double action semi-automatic. And that's kind of an oddity in itself. They don't have a lot of those available because the advantage of a semi-auto is once it racks the slide back the first time, or once that hammer is back, or once it's cocked, then the trigger pull becomes much lighter. You have a trigger pull anywhere from three to six pounds, and the biggest advantage there is if you're dealing with a two or three pound pistol and you have a trigger pull that's three to four pounds, it's better than having a six or eight pound pull on a three pound pistol. It's just going to take that much more to help stabilize it. So it makes a difference in semi-autos. Like I say you have, and then you have the double action, single action. And you may wonder, what's that? That sounds confusing. Well, the first trigger pull is going to be double action, long, slow, heavier. And then once it fires the first round, that first round, the recoil from the first round, slings the slide backwards, recocks the hammer or resets the striker, comes forward, and it's chambered again, ready to go. But the trigger pull is going to be the same trigger pull every single time on a striker-fired weapon. You're not going to have any inconsistencies in trigger pull so once you get used to it it'll be it'll be very consistent very easy to maintain that trigger pull being the same pull every single time with the double action single action the first one is very long and slow and heavy and then the, everyone after that is a single action trigger pull so it's much lighter much easier to use but it just takes a little getting used to the transition between the double action and the single action if you've ever done this you know what i'm talking about that first shot is almost a it's almost like you have to shoot it just to get out of the way to get the the gun ready to go now if you have an external hammer you can rack that hammer back just like you can with a revolver and from that point on it will be single action the entire time in fact single action semi-auto pistols are only have single action triggers the hammer must be cocked back the first time in order to fire like a 1911 45 it's a single action weapon you hammer must be pulled back in order to function and if you're going to carry it in a ready position it must be carried hammer back with the safety on which a lot of people find uncomfortable because they see the hammer back and a guy's carrying a gun with the hammer already cocked back and it just it it's to me it doesn't seem as safe if you don't have a very good holster very good way to carry it you don't want to throw a loaded 45 in your pocket though that's for sure you don't really want to throw any gun in your pocket a lot of people will do it with revolvers or small semi-autos if they feel they have a safety that's going to stay on and work properly but who knows now the latest i guess the, the latest the semi automatic pistol is the striker fired and those have taken over the market they are simply internal hammers that are half-cocked when the gun is set up to function. When you're ready to fire, you're going to have that gun half-cocked, ready to go. And a lot of people, because of this, because without a manual safety, this gun is a little less safe to carry than something with a manual safety. All right, well, take a look at the guns. Go to your gun store. Ask your friends who have guns. Get opinions, and get out there and get yourself armed so you can be your own first responder. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for
1: listening.